Happy Tuesday. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese is back in the house. Another band I don't know. There you go. <laughs> uh, so we are rapidly approaching Thanksgiving, right? We're just a couple weeks away, for goodness sakes. People are making their plans. Maybe you've got the the menu planned out. We've talked a lot about uh, some, maybe some of the shortages. You might have to make some substitutions. Are we going tofurkey? Uh, I don't even know what that is. Uh, I really don't. I know the word, but I don't have any idea what it is. You would never do that. No, yeah. never. Okay, good. But I got a question, and and this is maybe Thanksgiving is because it's almost famous for overeating or, or for cooking so much or for having such a bountiful harvest. How long do you keep leftovers? Is there a hard and fast rule on leftovers? Because I, I, I have gotten into this before with people throwing things out. And I'm like, why are you throwing that out? That's perfectly good. Oh, it's been there more than four days. The hell do I care if it's been there for four days? Yeah, everything seems to be three to four days. Really? Yeah. But if you freeze it, two to six months. Whoa, that's a huge gap. Well, yeah, free freezer, you can last longer. I don't know why you would ever freeze leftovers. I don't freeze. I've I don't never know done that it. I've ever. Okay, spaghetti sauce. You can freeze spaghetti. Because I always make a good big pot, and then yeah. I do freeze it. Because so then do I, I. Yeah, but that's I, the only thing, though. But hold on, I leave it in the fridge, oh, and really? I just eat it over a course of time. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. Hmm. Well, it hasn't killed me yet. Is my argument? Uh, I, you know, I, I keep it until there's mold. And then that's I a solid it argument. Or until I find it in the back of the fridge. And you can't. I, okay. I know what's this? And if I, I don't know what it, it is, mm-hmm. or yeah, it has definitely. mold, that's when it yeah. goes. Up until that point, it's edible. Well, or, I'm not throwing away perfectly good stuff. Oh, don't please. I smell it first. There's a smell test also. Oh what about this? yes. When did I make this? I think that's okay. when you should throw it okay. away. Like, okay. Okay. Remember making yeah. this? I've been I, now. I, I've been really good about putting dates on my freezer oh, food. Okay. But not my yeah, refrigerator no, food. No. no. It's that's too much work. I don't think most people adhere to the four day rule. That just strikes me. Okay, because imagine this. That means that your Thanksgiving leftovers, you're supposed to throw them out by Monday after Thanksgiving? Or People are not doing that. They've eat, got turkey sandwiches three weeks later. Or eat your Thanksgiving feast three to four days in a row. Which is yeah, another no. one where you can't yeah. do that. Right? I love the leftovers. That's the, probably the only leftovers I really love are Thanksgiving and the next day. But after that, I mean, come on. It's like turkey coma. Yeah, I just, I don't buy into this throwing stuff away. I'm just, I, I, it strikes me along the same lines of 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 these uh, labels, you know, best buy date. <laughs> I don't give a crap when you think it's best buy. Not I used only buy, care. but no. best buy. Best buy. I, I'm very confused about that, too. I just want you to throw it out. I'm not falling for that. I'm not crap. falling even, for it. Even use by. I mean, use by. There are a couple days there, right? I, listen, I, 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 you, I use by three days later, and then maybe I get rid of it. Okay, but really, let's be food safety here. You can't have leftovers two weeks later. You no. can't. No, not two weeks. You can't. But I would say, I would say a week. Okay, I'm go with a week. So. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. When did we have our cake? Was that Friday? That was last. No, it was Thursday. Thursday. Friday. I still have a... Friday. It was Friday. 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 It was Friday. We had our, our brown sugar bakery. Yeah. I still have a piece of cake in the fridge. 
That's perfectly fine. Exactly. Yeah. By the way, it's going to be perfectly fine three weeks from now. Also, it's mm, a piece of cake. Okay. Okay. But and it's not it, going in the garbage. It won't taste as. It won't taste. I'll as good. take my chances yeah. on a piece of of delicious cake. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'll still be good in the in the refrigerator. Right. I sometimes keep bread in the refrigerator for like. Mm. Two months. Absolutely. And if there's no mold on it, I it's make I make edible. that grilled cheese for someone else. Yes. <laughs> I don't eat it, of course. <laughs> and and by the way, if it does have mold, you can also just scrape a little scrape bit off or off, cut right. around it a little yeah. bit, mm-hmm. and you're perfectly okay. Who so, are you people? <laughs> I know my you know, there was a new thing that What's new that? thing that came out yesterday about that mold safety. Make mold sure you safety. clean the knife in between uh, slices if you're cutting you know the mold off the cheese because they're saying. Well, you're just putting the spores back into the new cheese. Oh, good point. It's, it's a vicious cycle. Well, how yeah. do you know that when you're using blue cheese, which is nothing but moldy cheese, I as far as I can I... tell? I'm very confused by all of this. Well, here's how you get around it. You try not to have leftovers. This is my, I've been trying to do this now for a couple of years because I always overmade. Every party. Everybody I, does, so don't they? My, eh, some people are pretty good. I know people who don't eat leftovers. They do not. So whatever they have left over, they like throw that's away. like a rule. It's a rule in their house. They don't never eat have leftovers. leftovers. No, and every time I open their refrigerator, it's like bare. Mm. Looks good, but because yeah. mine is crammed stuff with stuff I can identify. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't do leftovers. So if I'm having seven people over for Thanksgiving dinner, you cook for twelve. I'm, but not. No, I try now <laughs> to cook for well, let's say ten. Yeah. Well, I've never been to a Thanksgiving dinner where they ran out of food. Have you ever been to one of those? No. I mean, just I'm being honest. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, we're all out. I like seconds. House, every year, macaroni and cheese is gone. Well, the mac and cheese is and gone, I, but you have plenty of other food on the table. A lot of the sides go fast, except for like the vegetables. I mean, I think that says something about how you guys are making your turkey. Just yeah. it we always there. have turkey, potatoes, and stuffing left. If nothing else, those three things. John. In Joliet, we may not be able to agree on how long you keep your leftovers or which leftovers or do you refrigerate or freeze them. But can we all agree on one thing, John? Yes. Uh, aside from them leftovers, you know, rotting in your fridge too long, the only thing worse than that is the freaking Dallas Cowboys playing every freaking thing. Absolutely. <laughs> You are 100%. There is something we can all agree on, right? We've come together as a people and are disgusted at the fact that the Cowboys have to play. On Wait a second. Year. They always play? Always. Always, yeah. Aren't the Bears playing this year? Are they playing on Thanksgiving? I don't know. No, but the Cowboys are always. Well, why do they horrific. have like? Is that something they want? Is that a contest they want, and they always <laughs> they get to play a contest? On? Well, because everyone watches football, so why yeah. do they get to have that? There are multiple day? games. Does it? I think Detroit always plays on Thanksgiving. Also, seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, somebody has to. <laughs> somebody wants a guaranteed win, so they just line ah. them up against the 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 Lions, and that's a pretty deal. But uh, if we talk about the sides, and maybe the sides go quickly. You know, I mean, because you're not making eight pounds of mac and cheese, but you do have twelve pounds of turkey. Do you know what I'm saying? So maybe this is because there's more. By the way, if Miranda, your mom makes eight pounds of mac and cheese. Hello. Seriously, you need yeah. to bring some in. Just it's throw it probably in around that. Oh, it's like four trays of mac and cheese. But four trays. How many people are at your Thanksgiving? It's Hold not on like a how second. many people want to bring mac and cheese home? Right. You know. So I'm not going for Thanksgiving dinner. I'm merely going to your house so I have something to eat the next week. <laughs> yeah. That is fantastic Basically. in and of okay. itself. I- I'm sorry, but mac and cheese 
has never been on a Thanksgiving table I attended. <gasps> I know. I'm not saying. I, it's just. I think it's a cultural thing. I'm so sorry. We don't. Uh, we never had mac and cheese. So Judy. what is what is the favorite? <laughs> You're so sorry. What is the favorite um, side dish? Well, of course, there's people out there that do nothing but research things like this, right? So determining the most popular Thanksgiving side dish by state. Well, speaking I'm, speaking of mac and cheese, only two states. Is Ooh. it the number one? Yeah, Virginia and Vermont. But they say the results are odd because it was last year's most popular choice. Maybe it's growing quickly, like one of those fad names. But here... It's mashed taters, as well it should be. I mean, what? Wh- yeah. Yeah, when you think Thanksgiving, you think turkey and mashed potatoes. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's most of the states. Yeah. Arizona, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, Massachusetts, it's mashed taters. Nevada, and Oregon. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. Who are you people? Although I would have picked stuffing. Stuffing's my favorite. Oh, it was the author's personal favorite, too. But only, again, only two states. Really? Four states chose rolls. Rolls? <laughs> How boring is that? It's not a side dish. That's not a side dish. That's a Depends what kind of roll. Comes Parker with house. it. It's a uh, done deal. Hawaiian rolls. Okay. Florida, Michigan, Utah, and West Virginia picked rolls. That's boring. Now, here are the odd ones. Alaska picked stuffed mushrooms. Never had them wow. on Thanksgiving. Delaware, choice of mashed cauliflower potatoes. Ugh. Who yes. are you people? Delaware. Delaware. Kentucky and Tennessee. Hash brown casserole. Now that is good. Mm. I might I may have made that once in a while. And here's my all time favorite. Minnesota and Missouri. What do you think their their favorite is? Yeah. Charcuterie tray. <laughs> Amateurs. I, <laughs> See Bruce's face right There's now. Some salami and cheese. Remind me and not to go pepper. anywhere near Minnesota. Yeah. Or Missouri. Well, that's that's a given. We don't go anywhere near Missouri to begin with. That's just, oh. that's a, I kid because I lie. No, that gets a rise out of you, Nick, for goodness sake. Hey, good morning. Bruce, Judy, Cheese is here with us today. And, you know, there really is, I find it interesting, the, the debate about kind of how are we doing? Where are we as a country? Right track, wrong track. You hear those before, right? Take a look at, at some of the, the real issues slash real numbers out there. Uh, well, I can acknowledge and understand that the stock market is not the economy, okay? I think the economy is kind of what's in your bank account. Um, the stock market's at record highs. Hmm. Yeah, that's not bad. Unemployment is down. Again, we're getting near record levels. We use the term, anybody who wants a job can get a job. There's a whole other argument about why people aren't working, but, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not because you can't find work, right? It's not because there aren't jobs available out there. So, you know, from an economy standpoint, things are going relatively well. Workers are getting raises. We hear about... You know, uh, uh, either getting raises or, or, or entry level jobs starting at 15, 18, $20 an hour, whatever it might be. So why are people so pessimistic? So why do people think we're headed in the wrong direction? Why? Where does the feeling come from? A good question. I mean, 58% of Americans say that the president isn't paying enough attention to the nation's most important problems. And, as you said, they consider the most pressing problem 
the economy. Right. So where's the disconnect? That's what, I guess that's my point. How much better would it need to be? How, how much higher in the you know what I'm saying? Like what metric are people using and what are they running into their filter? I'll ask you this. Are are you better off today? Are you worse off today? Financially, you know, are you are you better off? I think that that's where I just don't understand it. I I can understand you saying I don't like Biden. Okay, fine. But do you not like Biden to the point that you ignore the fact that things are actually going kind of okay? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> you know, are I mean, you are you saying the economy because? And you know, sometimes perception becomes reality, right? Okay. okay. People are like, "Oh my God, the econ- you know the pandemic has ruined the economy," right? And you just listed the stock market's up. I mean, those record highs. indicators that drive the economy. It, it, it the economy is good. Yeah, it's doing well. But that's not how people might perceive it. Well, I, you know, I know so many people who aren't working, but as we know, they're not working by choice. But that's it's the perception of. Yeah, gas prices are up. People aren't working. We still have COVID. Things are still shut down. Businesses are closed. You know that. And then when they're asked, they say, "Well, yeah, the economy's what's what's really the worst thing here." Yeah, I just want people to be you know intellectually honest and consistent about it because I I I would say that if I'm looking at it, a lot of what a lot of the news surrounding President Biden, a lot of the things is around. COVID-related things. We know there's this mandate, this, that, and the other. I think here's where the disconnect is. When people say he's not spending time on what they think is important, they don't want him to spend time on COVID. (laughs) That's what I think it is. That's what I think, too. Why are you... The pando is over for these Mm -hmm. people. Why are you still talking about it? Why are you having mandate? Why are you doing this? That's not what they think is even remotely important anymore. And maybe that's the biggest headline that would come out of it. Right. And really, when you think about it, when do you hear about Biden except... With the word COVID in it the almost, sentence. It, those are the I headlines. don't even know what the heck he's been doing <laughs> the past few months, I, except dealing with COVID. Yeah. So, and the same poll, 48% of adults do approve of the way Biden is handling the job, but 52% disapprove. Yeah. And I got to believe that a lot of them, well, some of them are going to be partisan. It doesn't matter any difference. But a lot of them probably, you know, the, the ones in the middle there are, we, you know, we've moved on. We're not wearing masks where we live. Uh, you know, we, uh, we got vaccinated, whatever it is, but do something different than worry about COVID. And I wonder if that's kind of a message. And I wonder how difficult that is to get through. Uh, if you are in the White House saying, you know what? You guys should, um, you should move on. You, 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 you should, you should deal with other things and you should stop with the, the COVID. Uh, policies, mandates, discussion, because you don't get any credit for it, (laughs) for lack of better terms. It's not a winning argument. You're not going to get any credit for it. So move on. And if if, this, this gets into a discussion that we've had before, I think for most people, the pandemic is over. They've either gotten vaccinated and feel... Invincible, if, if if not protected, or they don't care. There's very few people left in the middle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like people have staked out their side. Mm. But 
but you have to think too that the the administration is comfortable with this topic because it's been the only topic since he was elected president. Now you hear people complaining about gas prices. Some people are blaming the president. Some people say no, it's not his fault. Yeah. But then when you read in the news that he's going to shut down another pipeline in Michigan that could send gas prices soaring, who do you blame? And then who? Is it up to the administration to take responsibility and actually say something and address the concerns? Because remember, the old saying, Judy, right? If it affects the pocketbook, that's when right. you know people are paying that's attention. That's when people care. Exactly. Yeah, but, but we, we listen, and we've had our oil and gas expert on that says, listen, the, you know, we, we got a guy out of Texas that drills for oil that goes, the president doesn't determine the price of gas. Sorry. Right, it just doesn't. Right, it's right, not, yeah. it's not real. Uh, I know people want to think that, but it's fine, you know, and the earth is flat and Bigfoot wanders around amongst us. But, uh, there's no doubt that 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 if the price of gas is up, that that affects people. But the economy is doing better as well. Like this is a uh, you don't get to have it both ways. I'm flush with cash, and everything costs less. Like you don't understand how econ works. But you know? even being flush with cash, people sometimes look at the broader picture. They're like, "Well, I'm doing well, but oh my gosh, the economy's so bad." Even again, even though it's not, it's no. again, but it's a perception thing. They might even be okay, but they're looking at everything else and they're hearing stories and they're, you know, and let's face it, if you just go by what you hear every day, stores are, you know, uh, you know, Shelves bars and empty. restaurants haven't been opening. Yeah, they, they have, they've never recovered. They had to close. I mean, it sounds bad. Even though it's good, it sounds bad, right. and people only hear what they want to hear. I mean, the numbers are what they are. And again, you know, I look at my 401k. I got no argument. Oh, <laughs> it's unbelievably great. Yeah. You're not hearing me complain right. about the stock market. But I think you it's hear, awesome. You hear there are 10 million jobs, and immediately people think, oh, my gosh, so many people are out of work. They don't think about there are 10 million available jobs. Yeah, they think about what you are those, 10, work. those 10 million people are doing terrible. They're not working. Yeah. Hey, there's still time for our criminal of the day. I got to give a shout out to Sammy H. Allen. We threw the H in there in case there's multiple Sammy Allens <laughs> in Richmond, Indiana. <laughs> they can hear us in Richmond. Okay. Who in his defense did a pretty good job of cleaning up his city. Allegedly, Sammy stole a street sweeper from a construction site at roughly 1 a.m. Police were called as residents became concerned. That the sweeper was being operated recklessly, had driven through people's yards, <laughs> and that someone was sweeping the streets in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Officers oh. quickly found Sammy and a street and his street sweeper, and a police pursuit began <laughs> at speeds up to 15 miles an hour. Ooh. Allen struck a uh, parking garage multiple times, causing it to partially collapse, and then cops deployed the spike strips to stop the sweeper. But Mr. Allen was driving slowly enough to just drive around them. (laughs) However, he was not driving slowly enough to avoid operating the street sweeper right into the local river. Sammy attempted to flee on foot and was uh, subdued by a police dog chewing on his arm. Mr. Allen was treated for doggy bites and has been charged with vehicle theft, resisting law enforcement, leaving the scene of an accident, and reckless driving. And that's just for starters. So for cleaning the streets of Richmond, Indiana, in a stolen sweeper, you... Sammy Allen are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Are you back full time? It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. We've never not been. Uh, we've been on a normal schedule for a year. We are now the minority. I was going to say, but I, I, I realize for most people that's not been their normal life. Either they were working from home or remotely or, or whatever for a while. 
or some sort of a, a hybrid. But now that things are getting back to hashtag old normal, does old normal look differently? You know, for a long time, people have talked about the, the four-day work week. You know, why do we work Monday through Friday? Well, I don't know. We always have. Okay, well, what if we did it different, right? And it strikes me that maybe the pandemic specifically and all the changes in what constitutes work and uh, your workplace and all that, are we a little bit closer to the four-day work week? Boss, are you listening? He's oh, walking yeah. his dog I right now. He's walking his dog right now. People think it's within reach. I don't know anyone in my circle of friends that has gone back to the office full-time. Either full-time. they either they haven't gone back At still, all. or they've gone back a couple days. And they're doing no. some sort of a hybrid right, thing. hybrid. And, and they look at me like I'm crazy if I suggest, well, are you ever going to work for it in five days? They would rather quit and find a new job. Oh. Uh, and I'm not kidding. These are people who have pretty good jobs. They're like, no, I'm not. I'm not going back there five days. No, absolutely not. I did not know this, but both Iceland and Japan have some sort of version of the four-day work week. That, they, that they've been moving in this direction. So, and it kind of strikes me like if you, you you work, you know, if you use the typical 40 hour work week, you do five eights or four tens. Four tens. Let's go yeah, with four ten, tens. Ten hour work days. Yeah. Right. And which or, would you rather? I would tell you. I mean, I think if I was working in any sort of a normal business, I'd take the four tens. When you say four tens, it still could be four eights. Yeah. No, I don't I know don't. very, that's the other thing, 40 hours? Who said you have to work 40 hours? Yeah, where did that number come from? Yeah, I don't, people don't work 40 hours anymore. They work 32, 34, 30, yeah. I get that people not, would rather work less. Let's get that out mm-hmm. of the way. Very few people out there like, you know what I need to do? Spend more time at the office. Uh, you know, they, 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 I need to be worked more. Um, but it comes down to employers. It comes down to businesses. And it, it, it seems that this move towards more of a, a four-day work week is being driven by workers and employers trying to hold on to, appease, yeah, appease in some way, uh, shape, yep, or form absolutely. these workers. Because Friday traffic, Friday's always a little Friday light, you know? There's always a little. But Friday traffic looks dramatically different in Chicagoland than Monday through Thursday traffic does. It looks really different. And that was made me think, I think a lot of folks are, quote, working from home on a Friday or got their work done by Thursday. Heck, well, I don't if know. You, if your employer says, all right, you have to be back in the office three days. So you're taking Monday like and Friday off? Like my son. <laughs> yeah, which three days do you think he works? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Of course, he's off Monday. Who, I mean, I think most people, well, maybe somebody Wait a minute. different. He, he went to the three-day work yeah. week. Hold on a second. He just, he just won the lottery. See, I would probably <laughs> do Monday, Tuesday. I take off Monday, Tuesday, or uh, Thursday, Friday. I do it a long, I do that weekend, make it longer on each end. But yeah, I mean, people, which is this what they're doing with Monday and Friday, I guess, too, now that I think about it. So a survey. No one's going to take off Wednesday. A survey from the people that do surveys say that maybe this is also being driven by the fact that workers are exhausted. That I would argue mentally from and not physically, working? mentally and physically, it has been an exhausting time and maybe some of that exhaustion comes from getting back or changing your habit all of a sudden having to get up a little bit earlier to get ready to commute in some way shape or form that suddenly your patterns have changed and 
people are worn out. And businesses are going to have to acknowledge this. Well, yeah, and I, it, the routine, right? Even even if you change your routine and it's maybe a better routine, it's still stressful. It's still a change because it's a change, right? And you're sure. And so humans are resistant. So yeah, there's this study that says seventy six percent of workers report being frequently tired at work. The number one factor, number one number by one. far, by far, by far, stress. Mm. And I mm. don't think it's. Because people, people I don't think they're home. stressed out they're about losing stre- their jobs. Or about even working. They're not stressed <laughs> no, about like, being that's overworked. that's where the stress is I coming from. I think the stress is coming from other th- the pandemic. All the, the other stuff. Yeah, you're, what am I going to do with the kids? Where, you know, there's, you know, I can't go to my favorite, whatever, resort anymore. I mean, there's, and I know that's not stressful, but, yeah, but yeah, again, the routine, me. your life has been upended in some shape or form. Yeah. That's the stress. I think that makes a lot of sense. And again, that change of routines and and having done things for a year, year and a half, and maybe becoming very comfortable and okay with it. And suddenly, uh, that changes and all that that brings along with it. There's no doubt that that's having an impact on it. Is the four-day work week the solution? I'm Listen. You're not going to hear an argument out of me. No kidding. When does that change? <laughs> let's. I'm all in on that one. Let's get us started Can on we that. We vote on it like majority rules. <sighs> three of us. Raise your or hand. Nick, oh, I five. thought you meant as a country we vote on no, it. No, it's no, going to no, be five on the, of us. the next way, general the election. Results are gonna we're going to be gonna, the same. We're going to exactly. I don't think it would change. We're going to we're going to vote on the four day work week. Yeah. 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 I I think four four tens over five eights. Did I get the math right on that again? I, I'm I'm for four eights. I don't think we need to go to tens. Let's start out really low. Yeah. Well, that's a hell of a negotiating point. I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> any any excuse to pay Martika Toy Exactly. Yes, you are hearing Martika Toy Soldiers. You you chose to listen to this station. I'm just that's all I'm saying. I, there's very few people out there that are that are court mandated uh, to sit through this. But nope, here we are. Uh, good morning. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. And as we head into the the holiday season, a bunch of just scams pop up. And when we start hearing about scams, when we start hearing about people being parted from their money or their information. Well, then we think of Steve Burnus, the president of the Better Business Bureau. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Bruce. How are you today? Peachy keen, thank you. So I can only imagine. We've heard so many stories about you know, this whole supply chain thing, which I will acknowledge I'm probably not 100% clear on. Uh, but it may uh, be affecting, and we're told it's going to affect things like uh, your ability to find maybe the must-have toys for Christmas time, the the things that the kids are, you know, it, it, it's the top of their Santa list. And that means... Scammers are going to latch onto that. They are, Bruce. They're ready. They started the Better Business Bureau scam tractor has already detected these types of scams on these hot, you know, must-have toys for the holiday season. What's going to happen is that uh, the parents won't be able to find it, or Santa won't be able to find it, and uh, they will start looking online. And these fake websites will pop up. Um, is saying that they have an ample supply, which happens every year, and especially now because of the supply chain and the shortages, you're going to see more of this. We're already seeing that throughout the, the United States already, and it's going to continue on. We, we shoot that warning today with, um, because we want to warn parents of this particular scam. Wow. So my child, who's 27, asked for, um, it's just interesting you say because he asked for a specific leather coat he wanted to look like Roy Kent from the Ted Lasso series. <laughs> 
And so I typed in Roy Kent leather <laughs> not for, jacket. Not for Halloween. Right, no, no not just for Halloween. In he general, wants, yeah. I want to look like Roy Kent from but Ted Lasso. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? I want to look like Roy Kent. So he, I typed in Roy Kent leather jacket, <laughs> and an image came up, and then a site came up, Steve. It had Roy Kent in the picture of him, and it's like, get this exact leather jacket at this whatever. But I, I just said, I said to Cheese earlier, I go, oh, Steve Burnus would kill me if I clicked on this. <laughs> because this site, <laughs> Steve I, Burnus would kill it me. looks legit, but I, I, no, I just wouldn't do it. Now, instead of clicking on it, how can I check if it is legit? Well, obviously, Jude, that's a good point, because these fake companies look like they're legitimate companies, or they'll make it look like they're a regular organization. You have to do some due diligence on them, not only with the Better Business Bureau checking that report on that particular company, but other sources. You know, get that, that information about mm. the company's name. Make sure they have a phone number, a physical address, and they're not, you know, somewhere else and across the world somewhere else. It's just, you got to do the due diligence. There's a lot of great companies out there. We know we talk about the bad ones, unfortunately, it seems to be every week. Uh, they ruin it for everybody else. But there's a lot of good businesses out there that you can trust. You just have to do the research on them before clicking on that link, Judy. That's the key because once you click on that link, you never know what they can do to you. Put malware on your computer, spam on your computer, and uh, you want to make sure you check out the company first with well, the Better Business Bureau. Steve, isn't that the problem? Uh, the, the problem is that the onus is on us. And we are idiots. We click on things. We see pretty pictures. We have deals dangled in front of us. We think there's something free. And humans act like humans. And and therein lies the rub because the scammers are basically betting on you to do that. Exactly. Everybody's, you know, the scammers do bank on you doing that. Everybody's too trustworthy online. And again, this is almost getting to a point of zero trust on, you know, uh, links that are sent to you through emails, as we talked about many uh, different of your shows. Mm -hmm. But it's getting to the point where there's these, a lot of these fake websites that seems to be the number one complaint on the website from the Bitter Business Bureau is these fake websites. And it's pretty easy to do, Bruce, and it's really inexpensive for them to do it. They just copy and paste. And it looks like legitimate websites. Everybody's, you know, a fast-paced society. Everybody doesn't have the time to do the necessary research. But they will do the research once they get victimized or once their money gets stolen from yeah. them. Then they spend a few hours and say, oh, my, this is really Suddenly you become an expert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, so that, that website I was talking about, I just typed in, is it legit? And it came back. 60 people have. I mean, so then can I feel safe after I've typed that in and 60 people have reviewed it and... It seems like they've, you know, I mean, are they going that far to have reviews up that are fake? Why wouldn't they? There are fake reviews. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you got you to gotta trust the source, other sources of the company, a third-party verification, not only oh. the Better Business Bureau, put the company's name in Google, put the word scam next to it, and see what pops up. You've got to do multiple sites. In the, in the old days, it was a few organizations that reviewed companies. Now there's... You know, hundreds, sure. thousands of companies that review other companies, and therefore that it spreads out the complaints. So instead of having oh. 1,000 complaints at one site, it's got one complaint at 1,000 sites. So that's why you got to be so extremely uh, This is why Amazon is so popular. Where, yeah. Well, to I a mean, certain extent. Yeah. You know, they're, the, uh, they're your insurance policy, for lack of better right. terms. We're talking to Better Business Bureau President Steve Burnus. So... All right, Steve. They're gonna they're gonna try to get me on on the hot toys this year. But it's tickle me almost still a hot toy. Probably. Yeah, yeah. What are the hot toys? Yeah, um, but the other scam, and I noticed this one, and this one struck me as okay. This is just mean. Scammers getting your identity 
getting your information with fake job ads people out there looking for work people looking to apply their skills you go on one of these things hey we need your information you think you're filling out a job app you're just giving scammers your stuff exactly bruce it's a big problem we should have, the better business bureau issued a study earlier this year on job scams as well you know what's uh, what's the key thing about this is the same information you get for uh, getting a job like the social security number your you know your information mm-hmm is exactly what the scammer needs to steal your identity. So it's actually consumers going to legitimate websites and then actually being you know, taken off those websites by the scammers because you put your resume out there, you got your email address out there. So they email you, oh, we got this great job. And they're becoming more elaborate, Bruce. And what I mean by that is they're actually, they got three or four people on that side now and the scammers, or you need to talk to Sue, you need to talk to Judy. And you feel like you're going through the, the, you know, the, process. the interview process. And they're all scamming you. Oh, for God's sake. Again, Steve, how, do you, how what do you, what is, you know, a Joe Blow supposed to do? We're not, don't trust we're anyone. Not you, we don't, don't yeah, trust anyone. We don't have an eye for scammers. You, you know, can I, we just go down to Steve's office and sit there and go, here, Steve, you, I'm going to look over your shoulder. You just type the stuff in. Right. And I mean, you're, it's not like you're going to say, well, how, you prove to me you're a, a legitimate company before I accept that great job you're offering me. You know, what are you supposed to do? Well, actually, the Better Business Bureau has a lot of think- tips on buying and selling in the marketplace. So if you are looking for a job online, go to the Better Business Bureau, read what the other consumers have told us about the scams. Mm. There's a few tip-offs to the rip-offs, and one of them is actually them sending you a check, you know, a ready early check to buy a computer and buy an iPhone and send it in to us, and we'll program it for you. But unfortunately, the check oh. is so good. And it takes 30 days before the bank can realize the check is fraudulent. Consumers think it's only three days. And uh, and then all of a sudden they realized they sent the iPhone to them and then they got to pay it twice. Unbelievable. They got to pay the bank back. Steve, uh, uh, you've convinced me that I need to get a cabin in the woods. I'm going off the grid. Okay, I just uh, yeah, I'm gonna because I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy some of that. Steve, got to return that iMac now. Uh, it. <laughs> uh, where can people go, please? I want to give you a chance to for for where people can go a wonderful clearinghouse where they can find information and and. Learn before they make a mistake. Yeah, we've been doing this for over 100 years, so it's Better Business Bureau, BBB.org, before your buyer hire BBB it. But also, we're, we're also referral agencies, so you can find businesses you can trust. So if you need a waterproof or a heating company or whatever, a new car, you can go to the Better Business Bureau and find businesses that you can trust because they're BBB accredited. Outstanding. Steve, appreciate your time. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. He's Steve Burnus with the Better Business Bureau, the president here about these these sc- toy scam and job hiring scams. It's like every other day. And Can't again, I, I I don't disagree, Jenny. It's hard. You wonder why people are so stressed out. And hard to be vigilant. so vigilant yeah. and, and that, that you are constantly on heightened alert that this is this is going on. So Happy Tuesday. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. In, in, enjoy today while you can. Heck, you should have enjoyed yesterday while you can, right? Because it is, uh. You're not going to feel it again until 2022, apparently. Oh, God, that hurts. Late 2022. Late 2022. Thank you very much. So, uh, but hope your uh, commute in this morning is going well. Uh, so we had that story a couple weeks ago of the accidental, and I'm going to, I, I got to make some assumptions here. The accidental shooting on the set of the Alec Baldwin movie. This was in New Mexico. The movie's called uh, Rust. Uh, was, because I, I think they shut it down. I don't know if they're going to ever finish that movie. Um, 
but the investigation is still ongoing. There are questions as to how did a um, live round make it into a prop gun? Uh, uh, who's responsible for that? But Alec Baldwin, the actor, you know, who? I mean, I, I and and I I I cannot imagine what that's like. Accidentally shot and killed somebody on the set of a movie theater on a, on a movie set has a idea about this well yeah he is saying that every set that uses firearms should hire police officers on set that there should be a law law enforcement should be the one handling the guns hmm. I, I feel like it's weird like here's i mean I, and I, I okay if it works except why are they uniquely well qualified? because there are or, or was on the set this they refer to them as an armor armorer arm armorer that this is the person who is responsible for the right. so you already had that person we need somebody to watch them do you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. maybe the maybe the solution is a better um what do i want to say qualifications for the armorer on set so that they are Better trained? I I, I don't know what the answer is. But I don't think putting cops on the set changes it. I I think there already is a very strong rule regulation law that there's no and never shall be live ammunition, right, on a set. Well, I don't know if it's a law, and I don't know how you would... It's a a Hollywood law. But this was in New Mexico. I know. I'm saying it's it's a rule, right, that you can't have live ammunition on set. Right. But obviously you can. <laughs> well, but in this case, as, as remember, they were the shooting fact. rounds, they were shooting out, cans out or in the, desert, in the desert around it. Yeah. So, yeah. And they, something might have gotten mixed up. Again, I'm, I'm making uh, yeah, an assumption I'm, at this point. It could all know. turn into some sort of bizarre, nefarious, made for TV knows? movie. Who right. knows? Right? Um, <sighs> but they were using the prop guns. Which are real guns, some many times to, right, to shoot specifically. So yeah, right. it could have easily been. So they look you know, real. A, yeah, exactly. I, I think they it's interesting sometimes. And, and and I have friends that work in in TV and movies, and I thought this was interesting. And I ran this through through this. So we have this armorer on set who's allegedly <laughs> responsible for the safe operation of the firearms. Okay, I know. And specifically, I know my friends right now who are like f- filming things in California or, or some of these other places, they've had to hire a COVID compliance person. By the way, this is a good gig. Oh, man. I'm just going to tell you right now. You are the person who is responsible for make sure they wear their mask. You're, the, you're a mall cop. Basically, a COVID ball cop. Why do I think that they've spent more money on that and more time on the COVID protocols than they have on the firearm protocols? Do you, yeah. do you see what I'm saying? Why, why am I? Why do I think that it's the, the shiny object that you're following and that that was what they were focused on? And I'm sure there was somebody telling people to wear masks and somebody was saying, are they vaccinated, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't enough oversight when it came to the actual firearms. And that's a but mistake. Again, and maybe it is a mistake. I just, you know, we've had, we, when this story first broke, we mentioned immediately, I think, three cases in the past 
how many years where people yeah, have been doesn't injured. happen all the time. It doesn't. And again, I believe in most states you can't use live ammunition. Now, this is interesting. ABC's The Rookie has already said they will no longer use real guns on set, opting instead to use fake guns and add in realistic sounds. They had to go back and post and uh, put the bing bing in. I am. Sh- I was shocked when this story broke right. that they were using a real. I thought they were all doing that already. Yeah. Don't you dub in almost all sounds? Uh, apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. Like, and I get maybe if you're doing a western, like there is something more realistic about it. Do you know? Do you know what the, I mean? The reaction of the actors, I think, would yeah. be lacking if they didn't use. If you know, if you're on set, there's a it? right. If there's a bang right there, you're reacting like, oh, geez, there's a bang. Yeah. Okay. Is there, okay. Yeah. Nick, is there a kickback from like a blank oh, at all? Like is from there, a blank, yeah. No, not, not as much not, as not, not as, as much as, much. as a real. A now thing. I will yeah. point out that they're acting, so there is that. Act. It's great to have Act. a prop that helps you, but. Act like you just shot a gun. I think it should all go back to a fake gun and the actors going pew pew. We should go to pew. <laughs> like the rock doing that. Yeah. Pew pew. Uh-huh. pew. That would make pew, the pew, movie. Pew, right? pew pew pew. See, that's a good one. <laughs> you're you're an idea guy. I'm an idea uh, guy. Yeah, and Jesus you know what? Of great you can always solve a problem with cheese around. See? There is that. Oh, my Atlanta. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll, we'll see. I, I, again, if there already was a person whose job is for the safe operation of the guns, I don't know why you need to hire somebody to watch them. Yeah. The problem is with the person who was responsible for the safe op- operation of firearms on the, on the set of a, of a movie. Hey, good morning. Bruce, Judy, Cheese. Can I give a shout-out to uh, Trucker Mike? Yes, please. He's apparently a, a coffee aficionado. He says he has cold brew coffee on tap in his house. I don't even know what that is. On tap. I'm going to Mike's house. Just throwing it out there. I need to go figure this out. Yeah. We need to get to the bottom of all of this. Little project for you. Who? Huh? Little project for you. Uh, on tap. Why would on tap? Yeah. Okay. Can I say that my wife is interested in this conversation for whatever reason? <laughs> and she's texting. She's Mike. texting me. Yeah. No. But she's no. Um. She says she's not. She's in the car going to work. She says you steep the coffee like you do tea. And she does this. She puts coffee and whatever, and it goes in the, you know, a jug in the fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she yeah. lets that sit. And then I guess that gets poured oh, over Oh, and ice. it gets stronger, and then you pour that mm-hmm. over ice. Yeah. By the way, I'm drinking a Folgers right now. It's absolutely delicious. You if you just want to go old school, <laughs> I mean, who know, you don't need any ice. You need a cup nope. and Folgers coffee. Yeah, that's Delicious. old school. Decidedly old school. You I don't need to go through gra- all this Not my parents. Stuff. I become my grandparents. You know, I just heard Nick talking about uh, AAA saying it is going to be uh, busy this Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I-, 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 I think the holidays, <laughs> starting next week through New Year's, just about. I can attest to this as someone who only has, uh, I think, five more flights uh, the weekends this year. <sighs> flights are packed. So I... Uh, if you're looking, we talked about this before. If you're looking for a flight right now, Good I'm luck. just going to tell you. I hope you're sitting down when you see the prices, and <laughs> and and it's going to be one of those things. You know how you go, you can select your seat, and there's like two empty seats left on the plane. They're in the middle. They're in the last row. Like they, they're just planes are full. People are just out and about. And one of the reasons why, and I can understand this, is last year maybe you put off. Going to grandma's house. Maybe you didn't get the family together. My brother is doing that where last year 
they didn't do a Thanksgiving because of a concern that kids in the house, right. you know, people coming from around the country, uh, other family didn't want to didn't want to fly there. But this year, they've got the whole fam family showing up. Minus me. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the kids because I just read an article that if you get your kids vaccinated, the new one, the 5 to 11. Yeah. It won't be in time for Thanksgiving. The two won't be in time for Thanksgiving. They won't be fully Fully vaccinated vaccinated by then. Something to keep in mind. But Hmm. I think people will be happy with the one. Yeah. Well, we've learned that before. Mm -hmm. Something's better than nothing. But as you're sitting down at the Thanksgiving table. My table, yes. What are the favorite side dishes? Using Google Trends, imagine that. They got together and figured out what side dish is being Googled most, basically, by each state. And it varies pretty wildly. I mean, the idea that we're all on the same page, well... Turkey may be something everyone agrees on is a centerpiece or staple of a Thanksgiving meal. The side dishes, they vary a lot to things that, first off, A, I'm going to argue is not a side dish, <laughs> to B, why the hell are you eating that? Okay, well, I would I would say turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, and cranberry sauce. That's the standard. That's the standard, right? And then everything else... Is the extra? Yeah, but like I mac and cheese. I I've never had mac and cheese for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I make my own mac and cheese. It's delicious. I never even thought you to just make didn't it for think of it as a it's not one of my side dishes. Thanksgiving. So I think that's thing. where we veer off. Yeah, and here in Illinois, our favorite, mine of course, is stuffing. But apparently, I'm wrong. Everyone else likes their a mashed potatoes. Yeah, they're okay. Some of them must be regional, and I just need to get out more often. Delaware, mashed cauliflower potatoes. So is that mashed yeah. potatoes with cauliflower in it? I'm assuming. I think, I I think, think it's, it's just mashed. Or is it mashed cauliflower that they pretend is mashed potatoes? Oh, like they're doing that with so pizza no crust yeah. and everything. Yeah, and, you can tell. Believe me. Yeah, you, can you can butter it up yeah, as much no, as you want. There no. is no chance that you can Now, this that. is interesting. Creamed corn which I don't know why anyone ever invented that. <laughs> Beloved by two states, Texas and Kansas. It's either it's regional, cultural, I you know, I'm sure I have I have stuff at my table that no one else has. I you know, I always have cucumber salad. Does anyone else have cucumber salad at their table? Yes. I was going to say that. That's one really? of my favorites. Cucumber salad. Cucumbers yeah. with sour always. cream. With sour cream and red onions. Ooh, we don't oh. try that. We do green onions. Green onions, okay. yeah. Red yeah, onions my grandma. Work too. I was gonna say like lemon, mac, sugar. You've never had mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. It's like a family thing. My right. Grandma always we, used to I, make cucumber I, salad. I love cucumber salad. So I, but every holiday in my family, cucumber yeah. salad is a staple. I think I need to go uh, head down the pike to Kentucky or Tennessee. Ooh, what are they uh, eating? Hash brown casserole. That sounds delish. You mm-hmm. know what we call? I call. It, I don't know what I that call is, it but I want potatoes. it. Oh, right, and really cheese. Good. I like all potatoes. potato dishes. Yeah. Uh, anything you know, uh, anything involving potato, like like in uh, Forrest Gump. Uh, you know, everything <laughs> you do with shrimp, I like that with potatoes. You got your fried, yeah. you got your fried taters, taters, you got your mashed taters, you got your you got yeah, your scallops, you got your al gratin, uh, you got your hash brown. Any taters, I'm into. So I now, I think that I need to do like, that. If you like stuffed mushrooms, you'll have to go to Alaska. Which again, stuffed. Mushrooms of all in places, Alaska. Alaska, which I I just in my head always think can't get a lot people. of things. You know what I mean? I would think whatever it is, it'd be frozen. 
maybe mushrooms are abundant. <laughs> Frozen Stuffed mushrooms? How are you digging them out of the snow, for the love of God, right? And so he, that leads to a second question. How long do leftovers stay in the fridge? Is there an agreed upon? I only bring this up because I had some chili. And I had it. The only reason I know that is because I got I got called on it. I ate the last bowl of chili 10 days after I made it. And it was in the fridge the whole time. Yeah. I'm okay with that. And it did not kill me. I would like to emphasize. I didn't even so much as burp. Did you make the chili? Yeah. I mean, did you make it out of a can or did you actually no. make the chili? Okay. You, you brown the meat and put the seasoning in and that type of thing. Because what cracks me up is the chili in the can. It could stay in that can for, I don't know. 14, years. 14 years. Right. Yeah. But the second you open it, you got to eat it within four to five days. No. <laughs> what? It's not even it's real. It's been good for that long. I know, right? Yeah, I just, because they, they're saying that for Thanksgiving, four days. Your 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 yeah. leftovers, I, I, which means by Monday you have to polish all that stuff off. Yeah. Well, so here's the idea: give it away, which is what I do. But at my house, you better bring your damn. Who you, you say give it away? Who are you giving away to? Because everybody else has got their own. Are you just? Are we just? Uh, oh. Are we just uh, here? You take some of no, my leftovers. I'll take some come, of your leftovers. You just gonna move them around the neighborhood? People who come to my house. They're not. I'm making their dinner for them that day, so they they are taking all the leftovers home as long as they bring their Tupperware. Say it out loud. What? What? What are we doing? <laughs> We're going to talk to him. Oh, okay. okay. Hey, good morning. We're just a couple days away from Veterans Day. And uh, you know, we've been talking to to vets. We've been talking to people with different veterans organizations. You know, a lot of people talk about supporting veterans and 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 thanking them and honoring them. And we're just trying to give you guys some, uh, some different ways that you can... Um, Honor them in, in, in different ways and get directly to vets that well, might need some help along the way. Joining us right now is a real-life Top Gun. It yeah. is an absolute honor to speak to Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney. Good morning to you, sir. Boy, I'm blessed to be with you, and I cannot wait to share a great story with everybody this morning. Well, that's why you're here. You are a, a real-life F-16 pilot. You, uh, th this is not a part-time gig for you. You are a fighter pilot in every sense of the word. Uh, you've done your tours over overseas as well. You are a recipient of the actual Top Gun Award. So two you time, know, two, excuse me, two time. I didn't want to. I don't want to short you on that, <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel. But folds of honor. I have a feeling that the folds of honor mission might be what you think the most important thing you're doing is. Absolutely. I think we're all called to serve our country in different ways. And obviously, we all can't do it from a cockpit of an F-16, but we can take care of our veterans and their families. And that's why we pause on November 11th. But the amazing moment of synchronicity, as I call it, Chance with a Purpose, started right there in Chicago O'Hare that would be the impetus for Folds of Honor and our mission. But I want to tell you that story really quickly, Please. if you've got a second. Absolutely. So I... I was stuck in Chicago here like we all have been a thousand times, right? Yes, uh, I'd gone from Budweiser to coffee. I'd been there so long. <laughs> and I finally, you know, wander onto this United Airlines flight, 664, going to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And as I get on the flight, you know, it's about 930 at night at this point. I glance over and I see a corporal sitting in first class in his dress army greens, and I don't think much of it. You know, I press on back to coach. About an hour and a half later, at this point, it's approaching midnight. We finally land in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, as the captain pulls 
into the gate. He makes an announcement that we have an American hero on board and that we're carrying the remains of Corporal Brock Buckland, who'd been killed uh, in Iraq. And his identical twin brother, Corporal Brad Buckland, is in first class and has brought him home. Wow. The captain makes another request that everybody stay in their seats until Brock's remains had been removed from the cargo hold. And, you know, I speak for all the veterans out there that listen to your show. Um, when you go to combat, we see things that stay with us forever. We understand that freedom is not free, uh, but it's in the context of, of war. And that night I watched the Buckland family though, on the darkest night of their lives and that the other side of war. Mm. And it was his brothers, his, parents, his wife, and his four-year-old son as Brock's American flag draped coffin inched down from the cargo ramp. And the term freedom isn't free hit me in a completely different manner is you realize this young boy would never, you know, play catch with his dad or grab an ice cream cone or, you know, sit down at the dinner table. And it just tore my heart out. Um, and so the ceremony finished itself up. I grabbed my backpack and I stand up only to see that more than half the people had already deboarded the plane, despite the captain's request. Uh-huh. And for me, I've been in, you know, in the Air Force 22 years, still going strong. It was the first time in my life, though, I'd ever been disappointed to be an American. And that's a hard thing for me to say. And yeah. in, that, in that moment, I felt a hand on my shoulder. I look back, and the only thing I'll tell you for certain here this morning, it was a hand of God. And he picks the least among us, um, and I certainly qualify there, but he also picks the willing. And that was the moment that would start Folds of Honor. And a couple months later, above my garage, literally, my wife and I started this organization. We wrote down the very first day our mission, honor the sacrifice, educate the legacy. And we have not veered away from that. And it is to give scholarships, educational scholarships to spouses and children, We've had somebody killed or disabled um, defending our freedoms. And uh, to date, you know, we've awarded now over 35,000 scholarships, about $190 million out the door. Um, and we just watch the benevolent hand of great Americans, great patriots come together to support us at Folds of Honor to enable us to be able to provide these life-changing scholarships to these families. And it's so sad that you were embarrassed to be an American at that moment. How how has that changed now? Oh, you know, and I, I was just disappointed, right? right? Disappointed. And that's the worst thing. I've got five kids, and I'm like, when you tell them you're disappointed in them, that's way worse than being mad. <laughs> right. Um, but it, but you know, I I love it, and I go around, and people are like, well, what if you saw somebody that got off that airplane? And ironically, I'd say thank you. Because that was providential. It was supposed to happen because that made a fighter pilot upset, and it pushed me to action. And it it warms my heart, to your point, to see all of the outpouring of donations to Folds of Honor on our website uh, to support these families. And so it's worked just like, you know, God has it. It's 180 degrees out now. It's become this awesome ministry where we've got people coming and supporting in so many ways to take care of these families. Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney with us right now. Folds of Honor is the mission. Uh, how can people support that mission? Yeah, we have an amazing Chicago chapter there run by a, a family called the Hayworths. Uh, they get involved in Chicago, but e- the easy thing is headed into Veterans Day. You want to say thank you for your freedom. 
Visit foldsofhonor.org. Join our squadron, which is $13 a month that ties back to the 13 folds that bring that American flag to that iconic triangle shape of freedom. Foldsofhonor.org. And my promise to everybody out there listening, we will pay it forward to a deserving military family taking care of spouses and children and giving them the gift of an education. Lieutenant Colonel, thank you not only for your service, but uh, for this amazing, amazing mission in and of itself in Folds of Honor. We thank you for that. We honor you and so many others on Veterans Day. God bless America. Here, here. Thank you. Yeah, that is Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney, the founder uh, of Folds of Honor. Again, foldsofhonor.org. And it's just amazing that the work they've been doing and and the lives they've been changing. Have you ever been on one of those those honor flights? You ever been one of those flights where they did that? I had um, a flight a couple of years ago where the pilot uh, made the request and said we had the remains of a serviceman uh, on board uh, and that there were uniformed officers on the on the plane as well who went out on the tarmac and and supervised the the, the removal of the, the flag draped coffin. I remember that. And on my plane, maybe this is a positive. Nobody left. Good. Nobody got up. Nobody yeah. left. And it was it was emotional. It was really an emotional time when you when you when it, again, like he said, it really hits you. It yeah. becomes very very real. Okay, we're taking a look at the big stories people are talking about. Almost. Oh. The Bears came awful close on Monday night football. Justin Fields looked awesome, by the way. But again, maybe penalties in the defense letting the team down as they lose to the Steelers on a last second field goal chase. Yeah, well, I've got some better news. The People Magazine's Sexiest Man of 2021 is out. You're welcome. And on the cover, Dan Butler. What? No. Yeah. Wow. Just wow right is right. That's true. Been some changes. I mean, wow. <laughs> uh, Chicago forecasters have started whispering the S word still in the 50s today uh, in the Chicago area. But temperatures expected to fall. And by the weekend, we might see some snow flurries. Unreal. We could go. What was it yesterday? It was 66. Yeah. And we could have I snow in a couple bear. of days. Are you excited about snow? Good night, Irene. Oh, look at that. I love snow. Joining us in studio right now is Melissa Gilbert and Dan Butler. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, Thank for, you for asking us. us. Yes. So, uh, By the way, for our listeners, head over to Facebook.com slash WLSAM890 to watch us live. <laughs> so live, live theater is back. And that's exciting, right? Yes, I mean, uh, we, we've had uh, our friends from Teatro Zanzani in, which uh, they've been back. That We know there's so many other plays opening up, Chicago, Broadway on Chicago, if you will. And you guys have a really interesting play with, with ties right here, When Harry Met Rehab. Yep. Tell me about it, please. Well, it's uh, Harry Tynowitz, who uh, a radio sports figure here in uh, Chicago. It's a story that... Uh, uh, it's his story. Ten years ago, he had a fairly um, public DUI and had to go to rehab. So this is the story. The story of it. Is oh, it told with humor? Yeah, I was I mean, going to say more of a comedy. It is always it is always funny when you get a DUI and hilarious. Well, yeah, and, yeah, and then your career's over, <laughs> and, then, and your yeah. kids are, and your wife leaves you. Jocularity <laughs> ensues. But, this, but I understand that this play is humorous. So well, well it's coming through Harry. So right. you know he's and he's uh, funny. He can't uh, he can't help himself from telling jokes. So I have worked with Harry. Uh, we worked together on another radio station. He oh. he filled in. Not he was more of a show host, not a sports guy. I don't know him that way but it's interesting because i never knew this about him yes yes yeah. he's you know he and uh 
I am blanking. Spike? Yeah, Spike, thank you. Yeah, uh, he and Spike have written this. You know, it's their first play together, collaborating. And uh, the work they continue to do on it is really impressive. And it's really about, it's about people. And these are really quality, interesting, funny, flawed people. That well, well, isn't that at the root of all good shows? You would say that you, you've got to start with something that is somebody that's interesting, unique. And you found that. Yes, we did. And I think, you know, not only are the characters really interesting and, and though the story, you know, there's rehab in the title and it is about people in rehab and we are in a rehab. I think the themes are way more universal than that. And we've talked about this a bunch uh, about where we are as a people, as a world, as a nation right now coming mm. out of what we came out of. We need recovery from that. We need, and the, the thrust of recovery is the fellowship and the, brother and sisterhood and the compassion and the understanding which is so lacking right now we're we're so siloed and yeah you, know, you have to learn it again i mean yeah, we, we have we've to been by ourselves and our screens so uh we've forgotten how to love one another so wow. you know uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, yeah, and we're not alone. it doesn't happen over zoom <laughs> no it doesn't like better terms it doesn't yeah. and this is just another way to illustrate to everyone that they're not alone there is Every one of us in in this particular sub in regards to this particular subject matter and uh, addiction and alcoholism, all of us have been touched in some way. Absolutely, we all know someone. We've uh, or been through it, or we've walked someone through it, or we've walked through it ourselves. So it's a very universal theme, which um, is so surprising that it's still kind of taboo, right? So people still don't really want to talk about it. They mm-hmm. like you know I didn't, didn't like I said I didn't notice about. Um, Harry. Harry. And it's just so interesting to me that, well, and why would he, I guess, talk about it? But why not? And, and they're this done is that. a gift. Uh, 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 this is a gift that came out of COVID because he was going stir crazy at home and just started writing this. I think initially it was supposed to be a one person show. And then Spike saw it and said, oh, we got to, you got to give life to all these characters. And we want to see everything. And, uh, you know, that's what's, uh, that's what's wonderful about, creativity you know the, the 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 it it this horrible thing to some people right turns out to be well and it, with uh, with recovery too what looks like the worst may turn out to be the best and vice versa um it's it's a fun piece we've it been is. really digging into it and i you know, take our word for it. Just come and see it. So the other characters on stage are who he's in rehab with, or the people who helped him get there. Um, the other characters, um, the majority of them are in rehab with him. There's one who's not. That's me. I'm the therapist, but I'm also my character is also in recovery, recovering uh, heroin addict um, and former magician. I mean, everybody has like a really interesting mm-hmm. past. Which, That's something you don't hear every day. No, <laughs> that is definitely something. And, and there's a little magic. I do a little magic. Really? Yeah. She's Melissa Gilbert. He's Dan Butler. The, the new play, When Harry Met Rehab. Now, I'm, I'm assuming it hasn't opened yet. It opens in just a couple of weeks, right? Previews start right before Thanksgiving. Okay. And I and think so it opens you, December, December 5th. 5th. Yeah. Are you guys doing, are you in like rehearsals right now? Oh, oh deep. Oh, deep rehearsals. Deep, deep well, rehearsals. I don't. I don't know the whole world behind plays. This is you we know. We wake I'm up learning. and spend a little time with you, and Got then it. we go sit in the and walk around in the theater and for hours and hours and hours trying to find our way. But we're we're getting we're getting there. We're two weeks in now. Yeah, we okay. just finished two weeks. <clears throat> wow. Is this the first time you will be on stage in quite a while? Yes, for me. Yes. I was able to do uh, a Chris Durang play uh, in Vermont. 
this summer, and it was extraordinary from both sides. Uh, just the seeing life people and yeah. uh, and uh, and reaching out to it was very moving. And uh, but that was just a two character play. So I'm so happy to be in a full ensemble where we're we're on stage with each other most of the play and bouncing off one another and that's it's just so rich oh my gosh and the actors we're working with the, yeah. the actors the local actors from here are phenomenal elizabeth laidlaw chike johnson uh, keith gallagher and richie gomez they're just fantastic so well, i have a question then so maybe i would say this you might both be more uh, well known for your your TV or your, or your or your movie work. Mm. Uh, from that standpoint, how much different is it being in front of a live audience and and standing there and and getting that feedback almost instantly because right, the camera never talks back to you? Oh, it's fantastic! It's just fantastic because you know there the audience, uh, especially if you're narrating a piece or you're uh, they're another character and that character changes every night and you've got to. Uh -huh be able to, uh, you know, not just be frozen in a certain way of giving it. They're going to inform you. And, uh, and yes, that just that exchange. It's all about storytelling, and this is a really, really good story. And, uh, yeah, and they inform how it's going to be told every night. You get to have fun with them, too, because you're the one who actually speaks to the audience during the course of the yeah. show. The rest of us don't, so... They try, so and I just push them back. <laughs> which is more difficult? <laughs> you may not speak to them. Can you guys hang out for, for, for a minute still? Are yeah, we sure. uh, are not on time no. crunch right now? Great, because we have more questions for you. Melissa Gilbert, Dan Butler, in studio with us right now, talking about their new play, When Harry Met Rehab, be opening next month. Now, the internet is down. I, I, I do want to acknowledge that there is an issue, at least with internet around the country. So if your life has come to a screeching halt, you're not alone. You're, you're not alone. Now, what all this means, and we're going to get to the bottom of it here pretty soon, hopefully. But think about that. The internet being out. I'm not going to speculate. I'm going to, I'm not going to. Terribleize it. And yeah. Maybe it's just it a could glitch. Just be, uh, it could be a not glitch. That's a, you know what? That's so reasonable. North Korea, Russia, some other. Maybe have they tried Control Alt Delete? Have they tried that? The giant, Reboot, yeah. the, the big Control Alt yes. Delete at the center of Make the. Sure, so like in my head, I imagine yeah. that there's like a giant keyboard somewhere that people <laughs> just like the the, the keyboard <laughs> in uh, big. Button. Yeah, someone yeah, just someone pulled a plug, like in the happens. movie Airplane. It happens. Here's what I know for sure: if you when you call Comcast to find out, oh, no one luck. will answer. Good luck. No one will answer. They Ever. Don't have humans. Ever. No, no, I know. That does. They or don't have or any internet provider of any kind. Yeah. So there's never a person. Melissa and Dan are here. They have the the, the play uh, that is going to be opening beginning of December. You'll be able to go. You can go see the previews. You uh, can go to previews starting November 24th right. or come after opening December 5th. When Harry Met Rehab. Fantastic in and of itself. And we talked about that and a little bit of the backstory of the tie to Chicago. Uh, and it's in a it's in a it's a really neat little theater. Yes. Like it's kind of very, very personal. Intimate. intimate. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It, it feels like it, I think the people will feel like they're, they're in there with us a lot more closely than any other venue. But we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about your your careers and and how many people who are listening right now. I'll start with you. Yes. Uh, who literally grew up with you on their TV watching Little House on the Prairie? I mean, it it, it was. It's interesting to look back on that show, and I don't. Obviously, you're going to see it a lot differently than I do. But there was such a purity. Uh, to it and a um 
the whole family getting together and watch it. It was a bit of an event. Do you hear that from people? Oh, all the time. I I hear it from people all the time. And I heard it even more during lockdown because people went back to what they found comfort in. And yes. Little House on the Prairie is like macaroni and cheese for your brain. Yeah, you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, what, the one thing, and I say this all the time, but the one thing that, that people don't realize, because we were characterized as a family show and a wholesome show and a really sweet show, was that Michael Landon um, consciously really infused the show, not just with the the basic lessons of love and understanding and acceptance, but we tackled a lot of really difficult subject matter, especially in the 70s, like uh, drug addiction, um, uh, racism, uh, anti-Semitism, chauvinism, uh, the plight of the Native Americans in our country. And this was way back then. And all of those subjects are still very relevant today sure. and during lockdown and during you know going through all of the the racial unrest and 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 stuff we were going through that summer as well little house in the prairie started to really click in with people on a much deeper level i think level than it ever had before is what i was hearing and you wonder if with especially young people who hadn't seen that series right who didn't grow up with it and you almost take a fresh look at it and you do see it differently yeah i got it i got I, there was a message on on uh instagram or twitter i don't know i'm so not this person from um it was like jamie fox or someone who said who knew little house in the prairie was woke <laughs> and I want to say, you know, we were woke before woke was woke. Yeah, yeah, you didn't know. right. Yeah. What a compliment! I had yeah. a chance. I worked with with Michael Landon. Uh, I grew up in Tucson, and he had his big celebrity tennis tournament there every year. We worked with him, and I was amazed at what a I guess the term special person he was. Yeah. Like he, he, when you were in his presence, he he had one of those just auras around him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, got that. It the- was. Amazing. First time I met him, I got like goosebumps. I'm like, it's Michael Landon. It's guy from Little House on the Prairie. And it's like, what, what a warmth he had. I, um, I didn't know who he was when I auditioned for the show. I mean, I was nine. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't watch Bonanza, but I knew my whole family was just out of their minds that this was happening. And when I finally, you know, I got through the process of actually getting to read for him and I walked in and I looked at him and I knew why he was a big TV star, I mean, movie star. Because he had that incredible charisma and that warmth that made people, that drew people yes. to him. And he had the best laugh. Yeah. Of, and you could hear him laughing a mile away. And he away. was pretty easy on the eyes as well. That's, now, see, I, don't, I mean, I can look right. back and go, yeah, he was nine. a good looking guy, but he was like a dad to me. Right. There sure were always it. women, though, on the set, you know, standing around with their mouths agape. Because oh, in yeah. the summer, <laughs> he would work. We'd be out in Simi Valley where it was 110 degrees, mm-hmm. and no he shirt. would just take his shirt off, yeah, sure and he'd he be would. in his paw pants and his suspenders <laughs> with no shirt, and the women would just be, you it know. It was a good look, let me tell you. Gobsmacked. But you were nine. I you was just said, nine. You're, you have had such a career. You're, you were nine. You're still working. Yeah, and I started way before that. I started at two. I've been, I've been a professional actor for... Uh, fifty-five years. You didn't have to say the number. We were we weren't going to wow. do the math. That's okay. If you, they printed after my you? name, you Melissa Gilbert, fifty-seven. <laughs> and you should brag about that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm perfectly happy to say that this career has been mine for fifty-five years. Dan, yeah. Dan, when I think about you, I'm drawn to Frasier. Do you get that a lot? Well, it's it's probably the most visible though i you know i i i creep up around you know i've done a lot of movies silence silence of the lambs so so it bubbles up i you know i've i've had 
I've been so fortunate, and uh, I'm so, so grateful to do what I love, but <laughs> but able to do it in, you know, bounce through all mediums. And I started in theater. That's my first love because, you know, it takes a lot of stamina, and the storytelling responsibility is completely on your shoulders. You're, you're <laughs> going to do it. It's you. You know, it's <laughs> not, there's no editor. There's no, you know, stop. Cut. Well, cut. Yeah. We're going to. But uh, it's, uh, yeah. It's uh, Frazier was fantastic and reminded me um, I can get overly serious about things. And it so reminded me to have fun. And, you're here. Uh, you know, we do this because, you know, if you're not having fun, why should people watch it? Right. Yeah, this is serious. And, and the play is fun that yes, people are going to be able absolutely. to go see. Right? And very yeah. moving as well. It's a, it's a perfect combination of, of everything. It's a real here. emotional ride, I yeah. think. When Harry met rehab... Hey, good morning. Thank you for spending time with us. It's Bruce, it's Judy, it's Cheese. And, well, as we've we figured out, due to an internet outage, th we might be your only form of communication right now. Radio radio still works. Still coming in loud and clear uh, on 890. Yeah, we'll uh, continue to update you on that. Uh, the, the internet outage um, is affecting six states, they're saying. Comcast. And, and uh, people like the Bartlett PD says their phone number doesn't work. Like, you can't call the Bartlett PD. Oh, man. Yeah. But you can still call 911. You can call 911. That's right. But you yeah. can't call their non-emergency number, and they said you're going to have to use that instead. But I mean, we're going to find out real quickly just how dependent people are on the Internet, depending on how long it stays out, right? You're going to get to some point where you're you know like, what's going to oh. happen? People are going to need a drink. Possibly. <laughs> oh, <exactly. laughs> Boozy. <laughs> And joining us right now in studio is Dave Halperin and Dave is with Central Park Bar. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks you for having me. You picked a good me. day to be here. I'm sitting in Melissa Gilbert's seat. I mean, <laughs> I I'm not afraid to admit warm? it. I mean, it's fabulous. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot you of nostalgia. You're in the hallway, right? I, how she, cool that's, is that? Uh, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, that's every Sunday night at my house growing up. Yeah, little, house, so little house on the prairie. Right? Yeah, yeah. she run, cool. runs down the hill, falls down, takes a tumble. I mean, come on! Oh my goodness! Come on! I mean, it's I think you can still see reruns. I know. I right? like, you might need a little, you know, little house. Uh, yeah. I uh, the prairie. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your new venture. Yeah, uh, we we have this uh, this classic Chicago tavern that we uh, remodeled. Uh, there was an empty city lot next to it. Um, COVID's going on. We don't know if we should start building, but we got this great outdoor patio that we are going to build on this empty lot. And so that was our jump start to say, hey, let's, let's keep going with this project. So, uh, we took a classic Chicago tavern, added a huge outdoor patio and created Central Park Bar. Voila, Central Park Bar. So it was a longtime Polish dive bar. Yes. Why'd you have to mess it up? <laughs> you know, I, I I challenge you to come check it out because I don't think we messed it up. We we really took all the amazing character and charm that's built into the room and we just kind of cleaned it up a little bit, uh, but kept as much as we could. I mean, it, it's just such a great room. Oh, now you're talking my talk. Yes, okay, yes. I'm, I actually am looking at your bar stools. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Those are so vintage. Yes. And, you know, Chicagoans want their dive bars. 
Absolutely. But they don't really want the dirty dive bars. We want <laughs> we a nice, nice dive bar. Yes, but they still dive. You know, that's not a that's not a, uh, a, a, not a contradiction no. in terms. No, 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 no. No, she makes a great point, uh, and that's kind of our niche. Uh, we 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 look for those type of rooms that have so much character, and then we come in and put our amazing staff in there, and uh, you know, pay homage to the places before us, and. Uh, you know, it's a, our little niche, and we couldn't agree more. That's that's what we look for. There's something about the dive bar ambiance that creates a better place to go and meet friends and have drinks. You know what I mean? You could you go to a bar and you get these foo foo bars or these high end ones. That's fine, but the the dive bar concept. That's where you want to be every Friday well, it's night. A, it's it's part of a neighborhood. It, it, it becomes it's a, a meeting point. A hundred percent. Also, one of our niches is we, we try to have places uh, that feel like they've been there forever. Um, we, we're we not kind of flash in the pan, trendy, like it's mm-hmm. this bar. We want to be here for 20 years. We want to be a part of the, the community. It's not the TikTok bar, no. is what you're saying. No, okay, it's good. not. I'm glad it's to hear not. that. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, unlike a dive bar, hopefully you're just not serving skull and, um, you know, Paps Blue Ribbon. Yeah, no, we, we put a spin on, you know, we, we keep up with the, the cocktails and, and the great beer selection and stuff like that. But to your point, it, it's it's a place that we hope people come and hang out. They're not sitting on their device. They just feel like this is a room you want to meet friends in and, 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 and talk to each other and, and hang out. So Dave Halpern with with uh, Central, Central Park Bar. Oh, I was stumbling over that. You mentioned at the beginning, you know, this is an interesting time to open a business to to get into things to start things off what has that process been like for you especially understanding maybe some of the challenges that the hospitality industries had bars etc um you're either really smart or really brave which is it not smart <laughs> I mean, that's kind of you uh not brave either uh now she's got I, great hair yeah it's just that's you know right. getting more covid put a few more grays in my head uh i'm glad you asked that because it is such an interesting time and a challenge for our industry and i'm just excited to be talking about openings and not closings um it's great to see so many great places thriving again um we were we were all at Etta last night with great server eddie and just i was looking around and how vivacious it is so it's not just excited for us uh and our bar but just the industry as a whole oh yeah moving in the right direction well rising over, tides raise all ships right? yes 100 percent um and so just getting open is is so exciting because it was such a challenge and such a difficult decision do we want to open a new place during covid yeah. uh so that, that's uh, called brave yeah that was brave. 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 brave yeah but not smart okay, okay. Fair yeah enough. we'll find out right <laughs> yes no so far so good we're, we're really excited how difficult has it been staffing up because we hear about staffing shortages everywhere how, what challenge is that posed a big one uh, it's an industry-wide problem, yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, we, we've, we're lucky to have like our, our core group, uh, our core team together. Uh, but so many places are really struggling. So, so many people who, who wanted to be in the service industry are, are choosing other paths. Um, we're or not they ch- left during the shutdown. And, and never came back. They've got something else going they on. They got now. something else going on, and, and there's so much flexibility out there uh, that, that people who often were, would want to be in the service industry for the flexibility are getting it elsewhere. Oh. So people are just simply not choosing to come to, to work in the service industry as much. Um, but so I'm how pr- are you dealing with that? Uh, you, you're running a little leaner, for sure. 
um, and, and you hope that your customers uh, understand uh, the, the shortage. I've always wanted to get my own drinks at a bar. Yes. <laughs> if you can incorporate that. Jump over the bar yourself. Bar. If you're looking for work, we're hiring. There you go. No, well, but I'm going to drink them all. That's, that's the problem. Well, you know. There goes all the profits. As long as you're a professional. <laughs> awesome. Uh, no, but it's it's we, we're we're staffed okay. Uh, it's just it's it's harder to find uh, you know a lot of people looking for for the work. But sure. uh, thankfully, we've got a, a bunch of places, uh, and I think people enjoy working for us, and, and we value them as much as they value us, and and we're able to to staff the right way and get open. That says something about it. Central Park Bar open in uh, uh, Logan Square. Where people will find it exactly? It's twenty nine twenty four North. Central Park, basically Avondale, Avondale and Logan Square border right there. Got it. Uh, some people will, will, will kill you if you say it's Logan Square. <laughs> Others will kill you. Yeah, you if say it's it's is the patio on one side yeah, and the, the building great. on the We're other? Oh, right down the middle. I should have thought right? of that. You should tell that's, people that. Yes. Yeah. Well, which, which one do you want to be? Avondale, uh, Logan we, Square. We love that it's Avondale. We love going into the less be, uh, known neighborhoods and, and, and kind of you know trying to help uh, put our spin on it and, nice. and be an addition to the to the neighborhoods. So. Appreciate your time. Best of luck. Thank you so much for having me. Now, outstanding. He's uh, David Halpern uh, with Central Park Bar. And you know what? We've got, got the latest on the... Oh, sorry. My bad. Yo, go ahead. No, you can do that part. I forgot. That's my bad. Here we go. Boozy. Boozy. <laughs> we can practice that. Yeah, we can we probably it. do that better next time. So I'm looking at a, a outage map. You know, they have that map in the yeah. United States. So the Comcast outage map has Mountain View. That's Bay Area. I think, right? Yeah. Bay Area? San Francisco, Chicago, Seattle, Atlanta, Arlington, Texas, uh, Houston, New York, Denver, and Washington are where the internet isn't working. Other than that, it's going swimmingly. Uh, I, only Comcast internet. I said that! How does that happen, though? It's, it, San Francisco's got it, but Oak, or San Francisco doesn't. Oakland does. Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? How does that happen? Well, and it's not Different clear cables, why. where the cables go. I mean, it's well, probably... Well, nobody knows. A, right now, they're not saying... Why? We don't why know. Does, what's why at does the root my of it? block lose internet and nobody else does? Well, it's I like the say power. That. Like yeah, the, I, the lights are out across the street, yeah. but not on my side of the street. It's a grids. It, it, and I say that with you know humor, but yesterday my AT&T internet was out. And I walked down, I was walking the dog, and sure enough, there were AT&T trucks all down the block. So and think about big, this. We've talked about so many people. We talked earlier about the four day work week and people working from home. You can't work from home if the internet isn't working, nope. is my guess, right? Oh, I mean, well, that's going to be a, uh, an issue. And you got to believe that all those companies are like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with you guys working from home. Or like, well, I'm only cool if you're working from home if the internet works. You know, if, if you don't have reliable internet, we're going to. So I, I was well, reading, think of all the companies that have Comcast. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they, their whole business runs on that. Yeah. Yeah. Our TVs well, are down. It, our yeah, TVs right. are down. They've been, they've been oh, pulling. Oh, so that's why the TVs went. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Still. our TVs aren't working. Yeah. And they've been pulling out the old phone lines, guys. The old copper lines. Oh, Mom you think, Bell, Sarah, you think somebody pulled out the Pull wrong thing somewhere? No, no. <laughs> but the problem is, is that all these businesses then, they're getting rid of the old copper lines and they're going over to the VoIP, the voiceover yeah, internet, internet to handle their phone services. And well, so now, when something like this happens, you got right. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> and this? it's internet, phone, and TV. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I would be more upset about the TV service myself, but... So yeah. I, I, this is, I guess you'd say, how how crazy some of this might be. And I'm reading, this is from a uh, NBC reporter in San Francisco that Comcast says Internet and Wi-Fi will be restored by 11.10 p.m. Wow. <laughs> oh, my 
my goodness. What's I mean, everyone going to do for all those hours? I mean, we're going to find out really quickly how connected the world is, you know, uh, and you don't even have to have this for it to impact you in some way, shape or form. Uh, is your bank running on that? Uh, does the ATM work? Uh, you know, uh, do your doctor have your prescriptions? I mean, you're going to find out real quickly how everything Here's is an idea. Get out your door and take a walk or get in your car and drive to the bank and go see a teller. There are ways to live without the internet. Tellers use computers, too. I don't know yeah, when the last I'm, time you were in a bank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you I, know what? The, the lady I'll wasn't bet. sitting there with the a pen and pencil is, writing yeah. it down. I, uh, I, really? Because in my bank, it takes quite a while, and I don't know that they do they use computers. They might be using it. Oh, they're yeah. using pen I mean, and pencil. There are other ways to live. It's fine. Everyone calm down. It's just the internet. Again. And the phone. And the TV. And the TV. And other than that. Go take a walk in the park and listen to the birds. Yeah, that's interesting. And I I don't know if we've necessarily had such widespread outages before. You know, this this is something. And and again, you know, when this was happening, it was funny because we had Melissa Gilbert was in the studio who said, you know, if you wanted to really screw with, you know, 2021, what wouldn't you believe at this point? Yeah. You know, yeah. Russian hackers or, or whatnot is somebody <laughs> infiltrated and, and managed to paralyze large portions of our economy. Well, here's an idea from one of our texters. Someone needs to unplug the Comcast That's server and turn it back on. Yeah. You said they that. need to. They need to call Kevin and tech support. There you go. Is it plugged in? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Control Alt Delete. Okay. Let me try that. No, next. it's always pl- unplug it and plug it. But and you know what? Half the time it works. Isn't that the crazy part? Yeah. Yes. Half time it works. Yeah. But they and are. You've got uh, uh, somebody out, uh, an NBC reporter out on the uh, West Coast, saying, "Yeah, eleven ten p.m. before it's restored out there." Wow. Yeah. Yeah, um, that, that's saw, all bleeping day the last time yeah. I checked. And, you know what? Uh, uh, go to a cafe, okay? They probably have a different server and or an internet, and you can you should be okay. <laughs> all the cafes around America are going to be packed today. Okay, because n- all right, it's com- well. So we have to understand it's Comcast. Yeah, yeah they're the, are, one of the large, largest in the United States. Thousands, right. maybe largest in the United States. Yes, absolutely. Wow. But there are places that have internet, and you got to go find them yeah. now. And all those little and small me, companies, people are rushing out with their laptops in their hands. The crying. small companies they buy internet from oh, Comcast yes, and right. resell it. Yeah, so and they, they might aren't use their lines, either. maybe. Yeah, so they're mm-hmm. not going to be working either. Wow. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's really uh, it would be interesting. I, I I have a feeling that we're going to find things we didn't know we needed the internet yeah, for. If this yeah. goes all day, if it goes till 11 o'clock at night, you're going to be like, I did not know I needed the internet for yeah. that, for God's sakes. Might be one of the reasons yes. why you need to have your faith in humanity restored. That's what Judy says she could do for you right now. What was once brown has now turned green. That's thanks to a special collaboration between the Dutch Lottery, the UN, and a group of humanitarian Lutherans. In 2014, Makue began hosting at least 60,000 refugees in Cameroon who fled violence linked to an insurgency in neighboring Nigeria. An arid region already dusty brown, the refugees' arrival accelerated the desertification process as they cut down all the surrounding trees for firewood and cooking. But in a few years, the Lutheran World Federation and the United Nations Refugee Agency were able to empower the refugees to transform that region into a thriving young forest. The president of the refugee says everywhere they look now, it's green. 
The trees have grown. They have shade. They'll soon have enough trees to make the environment beautiful and healthy. Before, the air was very dusty. Now it's clear. So funded by a donation from the Dutch Postcode Lottery, the program is part of the Great Green Wall Initiative that aims to grow an estimated 8,000-mile swath of vegetation and trees to combat desert and drought along the border of the Sahara. Outstanding. Restoring your faith in humanity. That's what Judy does at the end of the show. And we got to thank all the people over there in Mission Control. MG and his posse, they hit all the buttons and make things happen. Also, we've got in from producer Miranda on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass. DJ Cheese working the ones and twos all morning. Thank you, sir. And Nick Gale, well, as long as he's got internet, is going to continue to keep us updated on the news, the traffic, the weather, the information, everything you need to know. Nick's putting it together for you right here on 890 WLS. The Bruce St. James Show on 890 WLS.